0: Hello everybody, this is episode 4 of Gaming's Lost Memories, and today we will be discussing Halo Combat Evolved and the Halo franchise in general. Um, so this is a, a pretty interesting one, because I keep bouncing around on topic ideas, but I don't know if you have ever woken up or you know just been in the mood for something, and uh, today I, I woke up and I was like, you know what, I want to talk about early Halo, and kind of what kicked this off too. What <laughs> was Halo for the Nintendo DS? <laughs> because it's something that I remember uh, that not a lot of people remember for some reason, probably because it you know, never came to fruition. but uh, you kind of just get so used to Halo and Xbox, you know, like peanut butter and jelly. like it's just you hear Xbox, you hear Microsoft, you know, you think of Halo if you're thinking of video games. There's nothing at all that even comes close. Um, in terms of, you know, like Mario to Nintendo, uh, hmm, I don't know what you do for PlayStation because PlayStation kind of has a, a unique balance, you know, I don't know, maybe Kratos. Um, but yeah, it's master chief and halo and Xbox. And, and there's a lot of reasoning for that. So we'll, we'll go down, you know, head down to memory lane. We'll take a trip down memory lane here. Um, so halo, What is Halo? Halo is a sandboxy type first-person shooter where you have, you know, Earth and you have the humans and then you have uh, this alien species called the Covenant that uses like laser weapons and, you know, they got their own plans. Uh, They're fighting the humans for kind of territory out in space um, and there's these gigantic Halo structures and as Master Chief kind of you know, travels around one of them. He kind of learns, you know, what the Covenant planned to do with uh, the Halo rings and what the Halo rings are used for. Uh, it is an awesome, an awesome shooter. It actually got me into shooters. But let's take a step back here. Halo was almost a Mac exclusive. Steve Jobs announced Halo. <laughs> this sounds like so backwards to what it ended up becoming. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so if you, there is actually a video of the halo announcement still, I, I double checked to see if it was still on the internet. Cause that's one of the things with anything before like the mid two thousands, um, like back, uh, geez, I don't even know when YouTube came out, like 2005, 2006, but there used to be, you know, video hosting sites like e-bombs world and like a thousand other that were kind of like that. that were popular at the time, but it's just like you didn't get information, you know, the same way. And there's so many videos like I was uh, doing some research for actually the Nintendo DS, which kind of links Halo uh, back into this whole, you know, algorithm. However, going back and looking for like videos or uh, on YouTube at that time of those E3 announcements that I remember watching, uh, it's it's difficult to find a lot of them. But you can still find the original Halo announcement uh, running on the Mac software. Supposedly it was supposed to be exclusive um, at this time, Halo was a third person shooter. Um, and you can see it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, th- like the source material doesn't surprise you. You see, you know, like Banshees, you see the covenant elites. Um, they clearly have laser swords. There's a master chief type character from, you know, Halo combat one or Halo combat evolved the first Halo. So it, it's pretty close to the source material, but I don't think they had a lot of Like design or gameplay, like it was pretty basic. It was basically like, you know, Master Chief running around 3D environments. You know, it it wasn't even the original like Halo that released on the Xbox, what it came to be was a lot more in depth than what that showcasing was. So it was more, I don't want to say like a tech demo because it looked like it was playable, but. Uh, it was really interesting. Like, that is it, that could not be further from what the Halo franchise became, <laughs> being so associated with the Xbox brand that it was almost a Mac exclusive. That's the first thing that sticks out for me. I'm just like, what in the heck? How did that almost happen? No, so I, I'm pretty sure Bungie, the creators of Halo, so they make Destiny now, which is another phenomenal game. I actually I really like Destiny 1 and 2, um, especially the first one. But you know, this was something that they created and they were in, you know, financial trouble a little bit. Um, So they had to sell some shares of their, you know, stock. I want to say to mm, take two interactive. Uh, I'd have to check the wiki in a second, but so long story short, Microsoft knows they want to announce console hardware. So this topic in and of itself is absolutely fascinating because, you have the Sega Dreamcast, you know, essentially failing. Um, it, it comes out. It maybe has like a solid first year. And then the PlayStation, EA, the market, everything just basically stomped that poor console to death. Um, so it had like a, a really good original opening. So it was it 9999 Man, I missed $1999. Um, but it, you know, it comes out and has a good, I remember a launch. I remember it having a good launch, but I think those numbers were smaller than we all kind of realize. Uh, because after that launch, it really fizzled out. And I, I remember at one time you could pick one up for like 99 bucks. They, they, uh, I'm, I'm getting a little off topic here, but long story short, Microsoft, they're going to buy their way into the console video game market. Here's the thing. It was the right time for it. Um, they wanted to release, you know, uh, Xbox Live, so their online gaming platform and kind of take some of the strengths of PC into the console market space. You know, they released, I think arguably the most powerful console. Um, I I think it had better specs than the GameCube, but I'm not sure. The Sony PlayStation 2 is the weakest, but games sell consoles. And as crazy as this is, that has been the one consistent thing in the video game industry that I feel like Nintendo has gotten right that like you you need to you wanna sell games, you wanna sell the software because there's a lot of money in that. But you got to get the hardware. So either you go third party, which Nintendo clearly doesn't want to do, or, you know, you have games that sell the consoles, but then people buy the games too. So Microsoft was going into this without anything. They, they didn't have their killer application. They didn't have, you know, the killer app, they call it. They had absolutely nothing. So maybe, you know, if they didn't have Halo, Microsoft could have, you know, purchase their way into the market just by crazy advertising, you know, focusing on what Xbox Live would eventually become and getting those third parties to, you know, make games for that console, for that experience, and then also focus on like DVD playback and all that good stuff. Yeah, so Microsoft, they're they're looking for a way to launch a product. They're fine with either losing money or at least spending a lot of money in the beginning to get this console out there because they're looking at the long term play and lastly they need some piece of software because if you would release an xbox <clears throat> and you know eventually it's going to have uh online stuff which that would be cool but you need games you know what i mean because the the internet for video games and consoles in general wasn't really that big and it, it, what's interesting about halo 2 is there weren't really like 3d world shooters because like they just they, they didn't figure it out on the how to control it, essentially. Um, I think the biggest shooter up until this point was GoldenEye, which worked on, you know, essentially one stick and maybe using the, uh, uh, not the D-pad, the yellow arrow keys. I forget what they were actually called. But long story short, Microsoft acquires Bungie, and they're like, listen, <clears throat> everything you got going on, you're finishing Halo, because they really thought Halo was going to be the bread and butter of the Xbox. And to tell you the truth, that is just incredible foresight, I think, by Microsoft because I don't even think Bungie – I think they were in survival mode as a company. I think they had something really interesting and when you know, they really kind of focused and started working on Halo development and kind of like patching this game together, I, th- I believe they were a very creative studio. And I think they had the ability to make, you know, what Halo ended up becoming, which ultimately is one of the most influential video game franchises ever, uh, especially in the, at least the, the modern, you know, uh, era, which you could say the, the modern era of video games is probably like NES on. But I feel like another kind of like uh, br- uh, not breaking point, but splitting point would be uh, the Gen 7 consoles only because that's technically when like the internet started being introduced like to the PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox. So I, I think that's something to kind of consider too where like the modern modern like the games of today I feel like started with that generation like all of the ideas that became popular kind of started here even with the Dreamcast I forgot it had a 56k modem uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so okay they're they're making Halo holy smokes So they got to, you know, all of their focus is now, from what Microsoft is telling them, is like, you got to finish this because we're going to launch this product and we we want Halo. And Microsoft was right. And Bill Gates was a lot more involved um, at the time here. So you'll see Bill Gates at the E3 announcements and everything like that. And he's on stage, you know, announcing the uh, announcing Halo, announcing the Xbox cost, like he's upper. So Bill Gates was involved in this pretty heavily. And Microsoft, they were gutsy here because they knew they were going to lose money. So they were looking at the long term. So we're going to get this Halo franchise off. This is going to be our killer application. We're going to get people to buy these consoles, but we're going to lose money. And I think ultimately Microsoft lost $4 billion on the Xbox. There are not many companies that can pull this off. You literally just had Sega, you know, restructure their entire company. And the only reason they didn't go belly up is their uh, largest debt holder uh, upon his death kind of forgave all of the debt they owed him. Um, So they were, they were in it to make this succeed or just be a complete and utter failure that would have lost even billions on top of that. But to lose $4 billion over the course of a console to get this done that I just, I can't believe like how insanely, Gutsy it was, and I didn't even like the Xbox at the time. <laughs> I, I I didn't like the Xbox, but uh, they they weren't messing around. They came in with, you know, we're gonna do this, and here's they basically looked at the list of this is the stuff that we need to make th- make this a success. We need a ton of capital. We need a killer intellectual property. We need a really strong console. Like we need to do this, and they they pulled it off. It's absolutely crazy. So, Halo launches. The first Halo, and they had to scrap some things, so they were supposed to have an online component, which is why it was focusing on you know Mac and you know possibly PC at the time. I don't know if it would have come out on PC, but like the online you know player was going to be a, a critical component here. But keep in mind that while PCs had shooters and had a lot of really popular shooters, and I, I think at this time they probably even had the shooters, unlike Doom, where you know the original Doom, what a game! Uh, but like you can't aim, you know what I mean? So I believe there should have been some pretty prominent shooters out at this time where you, your mouse and keyboard, that's that's the layout. And consoles really just didn't have a way to control like PC did. And, you know, PC also had the ability to connect online where it was just like more popular there. You know, uh, LAN was another thing as well, which the Xbox could do as well. So you could see Microsoft kind of taking these ideas that have been successful in PC or have been things that people were interested in and, brought them to their Xbox console space. So first and foremost, <clears throat> my uh my first time interacting with Halo. Okay. So I had a GameCube, which <laughs> funny enough, I i worked a paper route at the time. And so like I just saved money for my paper route and by the time it was like finally about time to, you know, get like a the pizza shop job, I cashed out, um they would put money away from the paper out to save your uh, like every paycheck they'd put a little bit of money away so i had enough money to go to blockbuster and i i could only afford one console so like if i'm going to do this like i'm getting the one that i want and i had a nintendo 64 you know that was my previous console i've loved nintendo up until this point so if i'm doing one you know i'm, I'm i did the nintendo gamecube <laughs> it was also cheaper i think it was 99 bucks when i bought it or maybe it was 150 but long story short I go with that. So I have no real experience um, with the PlayStation. Like, I've seen the PlayStation in person, but with the Xbox, it was a lot like the the Dreamcast at the time. Like, if you went to somebody's house and they had one, it was, like, intriguing to see because, you know, it wasn't the common uh, console or the most successful console, you know, out there. Uh, people that bought it kind of were looking to specialize in something. So one of my, my close friends... He gets the Xbox, and he's like, dude, this Halo game is absolutely incredible. So he's got Xbox fever. I'm trying to talk him into the Nintendo GameCube. I'm like, look how cool Smash is. He's like, look how cool Halo is. So I'll never forget <clears throat> in, in my living room. He was coming up to spend the night. We were just going to hang out all weekend and, and play Halo. And like, I've never really, like, interacted with this before. I've never really played, like, a shooter Uh, loosely, very, very loosely at this time, like I might've seen somebody play it or it might've been at like one of those like mall kiosks or, you know, Kmart, uh, kiosks, Walmart kiosks, whatever you call them, where like you look straight up, breaking your neck to play the video game consoles. Those were the best (laughs) you, you would have to look like completely straight up and like bust your neck just to see the tiny little screen to play the demo games. Um, But yeah, and I distinctly remember one time too, like I I could see where we were, our tastes were kind of like splitting a little bit, um, where I was playing Smash Brothers and like next to it, they had the Xbox little demo kiosk and he's playing, uh, it it was a fighting game. I cannot remember which one it was, but he's like, oh, you got to check this out. I'm like, oh, you got to check this out. But like neither of us are like putting the controllers down to go check the other game out. I was like, dude, Smash is awesome. He's like, dude, I don't know if it was like Tekken or, you know, it wouldn't have been Soul Calibur, I don't think. Uh, dead or alive, maybe, maybe a dead or alive fighting game. There, there was an early fighting game. I can't recall. Um, but you know, so he's coming up this weekend. Right. And I remember, um, like where I lived, there was a Domino's pizza basically like across the street. So, you know, I, I knew we could have pizza pretty quickly. And, uh, the way the layout was, I I just kind of like told my mom, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm moving the couch and it's going to be right smack dab in the center of everything. And I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, we set up the TV, hooked up his Xbox, and I'm looking at this thing. First of all, the Xbox, that is, that console is huge. <laughs> I remember, like, joking about that, because coming from the GameCube, like, it has, like, a nice little handle, basically, it looks like a purse, uh, which I, I, it, I love the design of it. But it's, like, this small, square little console. The Xbox was, like, a freaking desktop. And uh, I, I remember, as a quick side story, uh, one of my other friends, he said he was at, He's like Walmart or Toys R Us or something, and you know the kid asks for an Xbox, and it might have been his birthday or something. So like parents take him out, and uh, you know they pay for it, and you gotta car- you gotta carry the console out, right? You're not gonna put that big old box in a bag or anything like that. So the kid's like hand it to me, and he's like, the guy's like, are you sure you got it? And he like hands him this console and like almost smashes the kid. The kid's like, ah, like, like this is so huge. So that was my first impression of the Xbox. That thing was like unbelievably large. I remember it was, uh, (laughs) we didn't have good ventilation. It was like sitting on the carpet on the living room floor. Um, but I was like, what the heck? And he had two controllers. So for those that don't know about the Xbox controller and why one, it was so important for halo (laughs) is you, you needed the dual joysticks. Um, but two, they, I think the, the nickname of the, the, um, controller is the Duke. And it's just absolutely like the biggest controller I've ever seen. So it was so large and unwieldy and uncomfortable. Now, I don't have I don't think I have the Duke original Xbox controller anymore, Um, but they ended up remodeling the controller. That was like the number one feedback is like this thing is like big and bulky and like what the heck is going on? And I remember he had two controllers. He had that one and then he had the um, the remodeled Slim controller, which I actually – that was a solid controller. And, and that design is kind of what became like the Xbox 360's design with some like uh, cleanup and like thinning out and stuff. But I just remember we were playing Halo together. So not only am I playing a first-person shooter with two joysticks, which was like unheard of. <laughs> uh, I'm playing with this like gigantic controller and I'm like, dude <laughs> – I'm like, I can I, I had to tell him at one point, I was like, I can barely hold this thing. And he's like, Oh, he's like, well, I'm fine with it. He's like, here, use this one. So I was like, dude, you're the best. So we ended up switching controllers, but I just remember like split screen, first person controller mode, your one joystick runs your character around the other one is how they look. And that's how like you shoot. And it took some getting used to now it sounds completely natural. And it sounds like You would be a crazy person if you could think of literally any other design for consoles, but you have to think that there weren't really first-person shooters at that juncture. Not saying that there weren't on consoles, but you would find them a lot more so in the PC gaming crowd because, honestly, the mouse and keyboard was just a better fit for those types of experiences. So to try to take that experience and replicate it to a gamepad or a controller there had to be some work done and there was a learning curve. Now that learning curve isn't quite there anymore. You know, you got Fortnite's extremely popular. Like, you know, I'm sure any kid could basically pick up a controller and, you know, run around in an open space now in a first person environment. And that shouldn't be an issue or third person environment. But at the time I just remember, I was like, this is kind of complicated. There's a lot of buttons here. Like you pick up weapons, switch weapons, press buttons, throw grenades, turn the flashlight on. Like there was a, a lot to kind of like pick up and learn. But I remember as we started playing and we have that couch kind of like caddy corner in my living room, there's Domino's pizza on the floor. And now I never eat and game at the same time. So like I always like make sure I wash my hands. But, you know, in between like a match or in between like a, we're taking a break or something like that, you know, chomp down some <laughs> some Domino's pizza from that night and uh, wash your hands and, you know, jump right back in. But I just remember like both sitting on the couch and we're just we just sat there in my living room. Starting with the first thing. And he had played Halo at this point already. So it was kind of nice. Because you know he can kind of carry me. So one of the coolest things. About the Halo franchise. Was the cooperative play. So the online multiplayer. Like combat version. Of the original Halo was scrapped. Because Xbox Live wasn't ready yet. So first and foremost. They removed multiplayer. And that was going to be a huge selling point. Of what Halo 2 would become. So it had to be co-op. So couch co-op, land co-op. I'm pretty sure you could take a land cable and plug another Xbox in uh, directly. And I'm pretty sure that would uh, work, which uh, we ended up like doing that another time, which was really fun. But long story short, um, split screen, you know, kind of like Goldeneye and you're just running around. There's two Master Chiefs just blasting through Covenant aliens and like exploring this world. And the thing that stuck out most to me outside of the first person experience and this new control scheme and everything like that was how open it was. So they did, Bungie did have to remove levels and like, I don't want to say the development of Halo was rushed, but it was a big focus and they needed this ready for the launch of the Xbox. Like that was not going to happen for it to not be, you know a launch uh, a launch game like they needed to release a console and have at least one game that was the must have game when you picked up that console and that's what Halo was right. So I remember how open world it is. So there's uh you know you have your beginning scene where you're in space and uh, you know the Covenant are boarding and they're this crazy alien species that are made up of like multiple different alien species. So you have like your little ground says guys are easy to kill. Then you have your elites which are like they're they're stronger warriors. Um, and then I don't, there's elites, I think jackals, I'm pretty sure jackals were in the first one. They're weird little things. Uh, and then you have like hunters and everything like that, which it's all very fascinating, but seeing after you kind of go down, um, so you, you exit the ship, right. And you go on to what ends up being a halo. So it's this gigantic, like planet sized ring that is just like floating in space. But when you land on it and It just looks like you're on earth or you're on some type of like environment like that. Like you're looking around, there's trees, there's a ton of open space. That was just a wild experience was like you walk out and you're looking around and you're like, whoa. And then you just see like a covenant ship fly overhead. And you're like, well, that's that's not good. That's I, I'm just holding this like little, you know, like uh, assault rifle, <laughs> yeah, or I'm just holding a shotgun, or I'm just holding this like alien weapon. Like I'm just chilling, and this this huge giant ship just like passes over you, and off in the distance, you'll see it start unloading, you know, covenant um, personnel, and you can go that direction. You can try to like sneak around them on the other side because it was it was large. So it had a sandboxy type experience. Now, I'm not saying that it's like the sandbox style of more modern day Grand Theft Autos, you know, Grand Theft Auto. uh, I think even like three was pretty large, but any of the modern ones where you have those giant 3D worlds, you can kind of like run around and do what you want. But it definitely had never been done in the console space before. And one of the coolest memories I have of that night and playing Halo was you're on that ring and you look up. And you just see the ring going off in the distance, like up above you. And it just seemed like it went on forever. So you're like, how big is this thing? What is this? Like, it was just absolutely fascinating. Um, So when I say like sandboxy, it's like there's different ways to kind of approach those open world fights. So as you're on that ring, it's (laughs) a lot of it looks very similar. So it's kind of easy to get lost. Uh, That's that's another thing. Is you kind of have to like remember where you're at and like what your mission is and where to kind of go. Because there were plenty of times where we got lost up on the, um, you know, the open world and everything like that. And we're like, I think we came from this way already. Um, But in Halo 1, I believe as long as one of you lived, I'm pretty sure, as long as one of you lived you could continue to the next re- respawn point. So that was one of the fun things of Halo, which Halo 2 <laughs> made it a lot more difficult. Uh, Halo 2 is kind of like notorious for its difficulty, but in the first Halo, so if you're, there's, you're playing like two-player co-op and you're battling through and one of you like gets killed by a grenade or something like that, as long as you can wrap up the fight and get to the next you know save or checkpoint, uh, it would reload your character so you wouldn't lose progress. So you literally, you both had to die. So... It's basically you guys, so you know, two couch co-op buddies against the the Covenant horde, and and later on, you know, a different alien species horde as well. And it was just absolutely fascinating. Like I was it, from the moment we started, I was like, this is a, a unique experience. And up until this point, you know, I'm mainly an RPG type player, or I'll play Nintendo games or like Zelda. But this just kind of threw me a curveball because there was just so much to this experience that was new and really refreshing and ultimately ended up laying the groundwork for, you know, the success of the Xbox 360 and the western style game and first person shooters like they they just exploded in popularity basically after Halo's success and everybody was trying to find, you know, the next Halo. So, you know, Sony announces Killzone to try to fight Halo and like this is our killer app shooter. Like everybody basically wanted one. Uh, probably outside of Nintendo. <laughs> but What's really cool about the engagements in Halo 2, or Halo as well, excuse me, is you can pick up any weapon that falls. So Master Chief kind of becomes known as this character that's extremely resourceful, and he'll get the job done, like, however, you know, whenever, wherever. And one of the cool things about that is, like, you go into a skirmish, and say you have the assault rifle, which the Mm -hmm. assault rifle in the original Halo was hilarious. It had, like, a 60 magazine clip... And it was just like, it just never stopped firing. It just was fully automatic. Just like, uh, and just hearing the sound of it in the original Halo 2 is just like such a great sound. But (laughs) so you run out of ammo. You can go and pick up another, you know, weapon, including covenant weapons. And I think one of the things that Bungie did really, really well is making all of the weapons of Halo feel special and unique and they have their own purpose and they almost have like their own cult following as well because the pistol, and I don't know if this has changed since, but the pistol of Halo 1 was just absolutely insane. So I don't know the damage output, like I didn't look this up beforehand, but that weapon was just absolutely insane. And I don't think it was supposed to be as strong as it was. And I, I think Bungie tried to you know, go back and make it, you know, fix it (laughs) because it was wildly accurate. So it had a zoom reticle and it was just so accurate. And if you did headshots on enemies that didn't have shields, it was instant kill. So you, you always will, if there was a pistol, a human pistol available, you grab the pistol. (laughs) That's just how it is. Like you can have anything else you want as a backup, but you know, (laughs) most people, especially like in halo multiplayer, when you're doing the land stuff, um, you switch to your pistol (laughs) unless you're like right on them. And then, you know, maybe use the assault rifle and just gun them. but you run out of ammo. You can, in these engagements, just pick up another item, pick up, you know, a needler, which was a, a so many weapons in Halo have just like become so popular and like, I don't like mainstream, I guess you would say, like really well known, like the needler with the shoots the pink needles, you land a bunch of them, it explodes. Like all of the weapons were just really interesting and usable and just enjoyable. So you might, you know, d- depending on if you're fighting a lot of enemies and you, you walk in without you know so many great weapons, like if you if the big weapons, like the rocket launcher, the sniper rifle, um, you know, even the shotgun, I would say, like, if you don't have these, then you're grabbing, you know, something else. But they generally those items have, you know, limited, um, limited rounds. So you could find yourself switching out weapons and picking up new weapons as you go. Uh, I always really like that because, like, you could use the alien weapons and you could use the human weapons and you're not really like at a disadvantage or you're not in a situation where you're like, well, I just don't like this. Like most of the weapons in Halo, I ended up, you know, coming to really like, um, I think, I don't know if there was dual wielding. I think dual wielding came in Halo 2, but this experience too, it, it's a story based game. So you have this Master Chief character, which uh, if you like sci-fi, uh, the, the backstory of the, the Spartan program, so Master Chief is a Spartan. Um, I think the last one at this point, I don't think there's any other Spartans. So the game kind of starts off and they're basically treating him like cargo. They're like, uh, hey, wake up the chief. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, he's on the ship, like basically in stasis. He's like frozen. Uh, they got to wake him up because, you know, the Covenant are boarding the ship and they're like, we need our guy. But they're basically like super soldiers that were genetically uh, enhanced. And I, I might have read one of the books a while ago, but I think some of the media, you know, after that has kind of given his backstory a bit more. Um, but one cool thing, the, the gentleman who plays his voice, I, I wish I, I had this off the top of my head. I didn't prepare this, uh, but he the, the Master Chief's voice is just like perfect. And it's a great example of creating a character that feels badass, that feels really cool, um, and they do it without explaining too much. So you know he's awesome. He's the last Spartan. He's like seven feet tall in this giant mech suit, You know, has a shield on his armor. And he just runs around and he's just known for like wrecking stuff and taking care of business. And he doesn't talk that much. So he is partnered with an AI uh, called Cortana. So she's on like a little chip. He like sticks her uh, in his helmet and, you know, she kind of gives you updates and everything like that. Most of the time, Master Chief doesn't have a lot to say. And that kind of like led to his coolness too. you have this like awesome sci fi space armor, this guy that always like completes the mission. And has an awesome voice. You never see his face. Another great choice, which I, I know they've kind of, you know, dipped their toes in this with a little bit. And I think there's a TV show at this point, which just kind of shows chief's face, but they did a really good job of like making the armor and making the persona of master chief more important than the character larger than life. Cause you know, a, a person, if he, if he takes off his helmet all the time and he just stops wearing his helmet in all the games and you know, you, it changes it like that little bit of mystery kind of keeps it intriguing his lack of emotion to a certain degree you know he's just like okay like i need a gun i'm gonna go do this you know let, like let's go <laughs> we got to get to this okay he's always focused on the next task um and that lack of emotion that not showing his face it's just really interesting And keeps you kind of engaged into the mystery of who the heck is this guy that I'm playing as? Like, I feel awesome because I'm just plowing through Covenant and all that stuff. And like, I feel like a superhero. So I thought Microsoft did a real, and Bungie too, like did a really good job of kind of crafting this, this character that became, you know, I think at one point you could have said arguably bigger than the Xbox brand itself. And I know they were kind of synonymous with each other, but. Like I, I do think around Halo Two, Halo Three, like just he, he was just Master Chief was his own thing, you know what I mean? So uh, that was all really interesting. So the the sandboxy gameplay, you know, picking up weapons, the different locales too. So what's cool is you'll be you know in a cave system, you'll be in space, you'll be on ships, you'll be underground like you're dealing with a lot of really cool sci-fi stuff. So if you're a fan of, you know, science fiction, the more that Halo's story kind of unravels, the more intriguing that it gets. And you're kind of watching, you know, humans try to compete with these, uh, you know, monsters to a certain degree, because <laughs> some of them are like absolutely huge. So, you know, as you're fighting the covenant, uh, I think we talked about, you know, the different versions, but, you know, you'll turn the corner and all of a sudden there's two hunters. So hunters... They look like these giant bug things with this blue armor, and they're like weird orange, stringy looking bugs underneath that fit this armor. And they always hunt in pairs. So there's always two of them. So, like, anytime you roll into an environment, and, and they got shields, you'll throw grenades, they'll smash them away because they have this like giant shield. And if they get close up on you, you know, they're just punching you one time. And if you're playing on legendary, like, you absolutely have to maintain your distance and make sure that you're damaging them and use like. Anytime I, even with the most recent Halo that I played, um, anytime I accompany or anytime I uh, encounter some of these, I'm like, all right, how many grenades do I got? Do, do I have explosives? Like, I'm I'm launching all the big stuff at these guys to get these guys out of the way because they drive you crazy. Um, but yeah, like different enemy types, so they they can really set up really unique engagements and experiences with all of this and with that sandbox style. At this point, I I just never experienced anything quite like it. Like, there was just not, I I cannot pick another game. Now, you could now, you know what I mean? Like, I I think you could say, you know, hey, Halo paved the way for Call of Duty and a bunch of other, you know, modern shooter franchises. And I think that's a a fair statement and something fair to say. But at that time, they're just, that experience was not there. And what's really interesting, too, and this is kind of like a fun, another fun memory that I have about this, is there was no online in Halo 1 because the Xbox Live services, I don't think, had launched at the time or they weren't ready for it, yada yada, okay? But you could play online together by, you know, doing four-player split-screen co-op or using LAN cables. However, uh, before Halo 2 came out, I I distinctly remember there being a program that could mimic you being in the same room as somebody that's, you know, online, essentially. Yeah, so at this time uh, in the the gaming industry... There was a lot of uh, like couch, you know, co-op, where you guys are all cramming in front of a tiny TV, and all of the controllers were wired. Uh, you know, unless you had like a Waybird or something like that. But we would be like jam-packed playing Smash or like playing Halo together, and it was just an absolute blast. But with this program, you could mimic another group of like four players being in the same room as you, and the Xboxes would pretend that like they were connected. So essentially, you would hook your Xbox up to the computer run this program and you could find lobbies for Halo one using this program. And I I had like, I'm terrible with computers and everything like that. And, and keep in mind, like the internet wasn't a thing. Like I, I distinctly remember at this time too, this is a, it's just an embarrassing memory, but I thought uh, windows 95 meant internet. So like, I had no concept of what the internet was. No windows 95 is like, you know, the operating system <laughs> that doesn't mean like you're connected to the internet, but like, I just had no idea like what this even was. So we're, we're all sitting there. And my friend at the time who, you know, there's, so there's four of us in this tiny little room, like all around this TV, like having a blast and he's like setting this all up. And it was absolutely crazy that he got it running. I think I remember his brother, like you always have that older brother who is like, Hey, I'm the cool guy. I know what's going on. And like, I've totally done this already. So he just like, you know, pops in and he's like, Oh yeah, do this, this, and this but i remember we were going into lobbies and like doing 4v4 co-op or excuse me 4v4 like multiplayer battles on halo 1 by connecting it to a computer and like running the software program now <laughs> to say there was latency or some lag was an understatement uh and i just remember like going into this world and that's when i really learned the power of the pistol where it's just so accurate like we would load and i would felt like i was dying immediately cuz i'm also playing on you know, one regular size TV being split into four screens. So I'm like, okay, like I've, this is already hard to see. And I just remember so like at this point I'm dying so much, like almost instantly, like I'm, as soon as I'm spawning, I'm just like getting shot a million times and dying. So I'm just loading with my two grenades and saying grenade, grenade, and just like chucking my grenades everywhere to get kills. And uh, so I'm loading grenade, grenade, throwing them, getting the kills and everything like that. And it was just complete, an an absolute pandemonium. It was just wild. It was freaking crazy. And I distinctly remember because like we're all in this room like crammed together. Everybody's like yelling. you are just being like loud kids playing Halo. Everybody's dying. We're uh, I'm doing terrible. And I just remember hearing my buddy who set everything up. He was like, "Where? Who the heck's throwing all these grenades?" <laughs> Because there was splash damage in Halo, so I'm like, at this point, uh, one of my other friends is like, I don't know, but, you know, Big Reed's over here singing Grenade Grenade, so I'm wondering, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry guys, it's me. I'm like, I'm getting destroyed, so I'm just literally spawning, chucking my grenades, hopefully shooting a few rounds, and then dying. Um, What's interesting, too, is you could do this experience with uh, Mario Kart as well, uh, because I remembered uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, you could also uh, do it as well. I don't know if it worked with Smash, but... Yeah, it it was a blast. Like Halo just became known as, you know, something that you did with your friends. And it's really good to see those types of experience, you know, experiences bringing people together and it it was really fun. You know what I mean? So you you could do the co-op and, you know, play the single player together or, you know, in later iterations of Halo, you could do, you know, the the multiplayer competitive kind of matches, which was also an absolute blast. But I don't know if anyone really remembers you know, technically you could play Halo 1 online, <laughs> not easily, and there was a ton of latency, but it could be done. And I just remember that experience. I was like, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Like looking back, that's a that's a neat experience to have. Uh, what's also interesting about Halo and just a little odd with, you know, the original, you know, Halo for 1 through 3, there was actually a Halo DS. So a Halo Nintendo DS game. And that's another thing where, have you ever had a memory... And nobody else seems to ever really talk about it. You never see it brought up and you're just like, was that real? Did that happen? I don't know about that. Halo DS is one of them because I remember going on, this was IGN.com, which I know they're still around. Um, but at the time, the way that they would catalog their games, which I, I don't know if they still do this, is they would create the game. So if it was announced or shown, so, you know, say Mario, you know, Mario 64. And then you could go back and they would upload images in order. So I don't know if it's still done like this because I remember the websites at the time, they were very like archaic, like they would look very odd. Now it looked like early internet websites basically, but you could click back through. So if there was like say 300 images as you would get, you know, from image 300 all the way back to the original, the original would be the first one that was posted with the date and the timestamp and everything like that. But that's how I actually like double checked it as I went back and I was like, is this real? Because like I heard about it, but I was like, is this real? Yeah, there is a, uh, a tech demo, I guess you would say, of a potential Halo game running on the DS. And they, they had, uh, I want to say it might have been one of the Halo 3 levels, Halo 2 or Halo 3 levels, where you have that big like um, circle, it almost looks like a fan like in the center. And it looks like it's running on the DS. So if you guys look this up, it's definitely worth checking out and pretty cool. Um, but be ready for it to look pretty close to like a Nintendo 64 game. Um, but yeah, it's in the first person and there's somebody with like the SMG weapon from uh, might've been two. I can't remember when the SMG first came out, but yeah, like shooting somebody else, they're shooting one of the covenant weapons and it's, it's there. And I ended up going on IGN, like double checking it. Uh, this is like years ago. Like, Cause I heard the rumors And whatever it was, like it just ended up falling through. But the fact that it was almost a possibility for that to even exist is absolutely wild because for the longest time, and it could be this way going forward, but I I honestly believe that for at the time that this was a possibility, Microsoft might've been looking for ways to branch out. But I think, essentially at that point they said we're going to tighten it up and you know nintendo keeps their ips to themselves which they've branched out they've been letting like third-party developers you know work on some of their ips like side by side with them but it's like this is our game this is our intellectual property like it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't get touched so they kind of shut that down and now that has changed recently with xbox game pass which you know that could be the future of halo uh it seems like sony is kind of maybe blocking xbox game pass going on the playstation but to be honest i wouldn't be surprised if you ended up ever seeing master chief on a different console not exclusively as part of xbox game pass but it's possible at this time it was you know buttoned up this is this is ours if you want to play it you got to buy an xbox but the fact that it almost came out on the nintendo ds whatever that experience would have been i don't even know Um, there's probably technical limitations of trying to like crunch this down onto like a, basically a souped up 64 game. Um, so what it it never came to be, but even seeing it's just another weird memory of like the, the halo experience, possibly going to Nintendo's extremely popular, um, you know, portable game console at the time. So all very interesting. And then uh, I think, I'll just keep this podcast focused to kind of you know Halo One, and I'll kind of talk about Halo Two a little bit, what the franchise ended up becoming, um, because at the end of the day, it, Halo did have a pretty big you know impact on me. It kind of broadened my horizons to play games that I might not have played before. Because I'm, uh, I I like role playing games. I like Nintendo games. I you know I, I like. Puzzle games, I like... Uh, re- basically everything except sports games. <laughs> Unless they're, like, really fun. Or, like, Mario Soccer or something. Um, but shooters weren't something that I, like, really played. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't... I I personally don't think I owned Goldeneye on the 64. One of my buddies owned a copy, so we'd always play it together. Um, but, like, even, like, Perfect Dark on the 64, like, I didn't play too much. On the GameCube, shooters weren't really that much of an option. So it's just... Like, it never happened. I was happy playing the games that I was playing, but Halo kind of helped broaden my horizons because, you know, what ended up coming to be is those action games, those first-person shooters exploded in popularity. And some of the biggest games of the following generation, you know, were your Call of Duties, were your Grand Theft Autos, you know, like, they were just huge, you know what I mean? And it's not something that I would have played before. And I think there is a beauty to Halo. Now, I think it's a lot less now because Halo kind of isn't the juggernaut that it once was. Not saying it's not popular, um, but I would say Call of Duty for the following generation, you know, after kind of Halo 3 I would say it kind of took over just in popularity. Like, you know, Modern Warfare 2 was just absolutely huge. They would release a Call of Duty game, and it would sell 20-plus million copies, like, every stinking year. And there was just so many players constantly playing it. Like, there was no issues with finding matches where you log into Halo Infinite now, and there's just not that same player base, you know? Um, so it's it's interesting how it changed. And I would say, like, Fortnite and other games like that, too. And those, uh, uh what would you call them, like... Um, not MOBAs, but kind of similar, where it's like 5v5, um, like shooting games where like the characters have like powers and stuff like that. I'm, I'm like blanking on um, like Overwatch is one of them. There's there's a few, not Anthem, there's a few other ones, but I, I apologize for that for people that are, you know, um, that enjoy those games. But, you know, Halo kind of paved the way for a lot of those experiences, though. And I, I do think there is a beauty to, especially, you know, the bungee portion. Of Halo games, I like the stories are kind of bittersweet. They're not always happy. the The situations are dire. Like if you're, you know, looking for everything to be hunky dory, that's not always the case. Um, And they did a really great take on, you know, science fiction and incorporating aliens, but putting it into the future. But it's also interesting. That's one of the things that stuck out about early Halo to me. Is it was like, you know, 20, the year 2600, maybe I remember being like hundreds of years into the future and we're like space traveling and all that stuff, but we're still using like weapons we would probably use today. I thought that was kind of interesting. So you think they would have maybe adapted or changed or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong, but it's just an interesting experience. And I feel like science fiction and Halo, you know, kind of abides by this as well. It always gets to what's next. Like, what, what is the point of organic life? And Halo has an answer. <laughs> um, and, you know, the other, like, the Matrix and, like, other experiences like that, there's answers to it. You know what I mean? Mass Effect. Um, but there is a beauty to Halo. And I feel like the perception of your average Halo player wasn't that great. And to be honest, <laughs> uh, you know, the Halo bros and everything like that, that, that could have been maybe a little true for some of them at the time. Um, but I, I, remember I was in the military and this was when Halo three was launching. And, uh, I, th- I think we were being released cause it was launching on a Friday and I was going to like, you know, basically after the military day, um, go pick up a copy of it. But I distinctly remember, you know, them opening up like, okay, wh- what does anyone have anyone have? And I'm like, just a heads up. Uh, Halo was launching this day. Just giving everyone a heads up. You know, <laughs> and everybody's just like, okay, you're being a goofball, but It was just a a great experience and it really reshaped, you know, the modern portion of the video game industry and paved the way to, you know, the experiences that you see today. Um, And and I think there's a lot of creativity with like online gaming in general, a lot of different ideas with like Among Us, Fortnite, etc. But it's really interesting kind of seeing like a company, you know, like Microsoft buy their way in and say, listen. The internet and online play is going to be the future and come heck or high water we're going to take our killer application and show everybody you know sega might have started it but microsoft kind of paved the way for what the modern video game industry you know kind of would become and what's interesting too is i I feel like with the explosion of these types of games on consoles it kind of gave a rebirth to pc as well because now with like pc you know, you were kind of stuck to what you have, but if you have Steam, like you have access to so many games that are on consoles as well. And, you know, PC kind of became like a a very, it was already a popular platform, but I feel like it became even more popular. It has even more content than before, which is already pretty crazy. So it, it was an absolute great experience. It was really fun. And amazing to be able to experience, you know, these types of video games playing together because with the original Halo, Halo Combat Evolved, it reminds me of times that I spent with friends, you know, completing or doing something together. And at the end of the day, that's really kind of what I feel like the video game industry is about, you know, telling your story, making engaging experiences and ultimately trying to bring people together, you know. So I won't go too much into the later Halos. Um, I'm going to save that for a future podcast based upon the length of this one. However, if you haven't played the original Halo and you can do it on the original hardware, awesome. If you can't, you can do it on the Halo remakes or with Xbox Game Pass. I still highly recommend playing it. Um, it's, still, it's still an enjoyable experience and it's really cool to play the original Halo and then play Halo Infinite and see, you know... Uh, what has changed about the series and what's been polished up and like what's different. Um, But it's also really interesting when you go back and you play the first Halo, remember that there was nothing like it at the time. So any experience that you've had, say recently, like in the past five years, like with a different shooter or something like that, um, you know, you can play that experience and be like, wow, this is where they got a lot of the ideas from. So it's it's a really interesting experience, and I have very fond memories of Halo. And I I hope that you guys go out and look up Halo DS. (laughs) Make sure I'm not crazy. You're gonna be like, hey, this is a fan made thing. This wasn't even real. Um, But yeah, uh, uh, the original it's it's worth checking out if you've never played it. And if you're not interested, because this podcast is gonna focus a lot on your RPGs and you know uh, probably games more so like that. Um, This might be kind of just like a, a, a side note, you know what I mean, like going into the shooter realm. But I would like to do a part two of the Halo franchise, you know, Bungie exiting development and 343 taking up the helm. And now, you know, where Halo is at now and where, you know, the video game industry, you know, kind of has gone and what has changed since then. And, you know, the lasting impact that kind of Halo left. But I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. This is another episode of Gaming's Lost Memories. And I am your host, Big Reed, and I look forward to talking to you again.